Hey everyone, today I'm talking to Kay Newton. Kay is a midlife strategist. Welcome, Kay. Thank you for having me, Kate. So wonderful to be here. Oh, I'm so excited to talk to you. I'm so intrigued by your story. So maybe we could just start out by you telling us about this amazing journey that you've had in your life. It's interesting, isn't it? When you think when you get further down the road, your journey is obviously bigger. Yeah. And um, I noticed this. Um, I'm not buying them at the minute because of COVID. But when you buy a flight and you have to fill in, fill in your birth date, it seems to be an eternal age now that I have to scroll to get to my birth date. <laughs> so yes, definitely noticed. I have lots of stories I could tell you. Um, I think the biggest one and big change in my life happened in my 20s. So after university, I got myself a job in retail, hated the job. Um, my parents had a very small boat in one of the local marinas in the north of uh, England. And this mega boat, mega boat, mega yacht, private yacht came into the marina. And I ended up jacking in my job, getting on this boat, sailing to Mallorca with three very strange men that I'd never met before. And I tell everybody I never swam back. And that happened to me 35 years ago. Wow. So yeah, um, being here an eternity, being here longer in Spain than I have in England. Wow. And that really started my old, my journey off. Um, worked on boats for a while, then started my own cleaning business, working for the rich and famous, looking after their holiday homes. Mm. And then we bought a property which needed renovating, met my husband, who was from South Africa. And we made Mallorca our home. Um, became a landlady extraordinaire working from home as we raised the kids. And I think it was just one of those days watching the kids grow up by the pool that I realized that I was going to be having an empty nest very soon. Mm. And uh, that's what got me interested in coaching. So I've been coaching over 20 years now. And we have another huge big turn of events in our life in 2015. Both boys had by that time flown the nest. And my husband got offered a job in Zanzibar, Tanzania. Wow. So we sold our lovely home, our five-bedroomed, four-acre property, our lux luxury lifestyle, and went to live in a two-roomed, tin-roofed house by the, near the beach in Zanzibar. And he was there for an 18-month contract to build a hotel, uh, which turned into nearly five years. So that was uh, an interesting time. So instead of having an empty nest, I ended up with no nest. And whilst he was there, I was still a resident in Spain. And so I had to utilize some time. I had to be in the country 183 days. And so one of the years I walked the Camino de Santiago, which is across the top of Spain. So that was 729 kilometers over 34 days. And we'd been in Zanzibar with 20 kilos of luggage, thinking that was an awful lot. Mm -hmm. at the time but when I walked I walked with seven and a half kilos and survived very very happily for those 34 days with seven and a half kilos and that's when you make the re realization that simplicity and space are one of the key things that we've forgotten about in our modern day world and so that's why I've become quite an advocate for those things simplicity and, and space.
Mm-hmm. So that's oh. it in a nutshell. Very quick. <laughs> <laughs> that's an amazing journey. Um, I think what really struck me when I was reading through um, the free gift that you offer on your website was just about that idea of the epidemic of busyness that I know that in North America, at least, it's almost a badge of honor to be busy. Can you tell me a little bit more about that, that idea of the epidemic of busyness? So when you think about it, when you don't have time to stop, when you don't have time to really sit and connect with nature, mm. you, you miss out on the magic of life. And mm. it's in the space where we have our, you know, our brain waves and our, you know, our great thoughts. And you know, we've known this through history, but we've, we've lost that ability. We're so busy filling up our days and our time. And I think it's not until somebody says to you, actually less is more, stop, mm. breathe, you know, connect to nature, go and do some exercise or just go and sit, that you realise actually it's, it's, pro, um, it's negative, it, it doesn't help you, it only causes dis-ease really. Mm-hmm. And um, we are like sheep in a way, we follow what everybody else is doing. So if everybody else is busy, we feel we need to be busy too. And it's not necessarily that way around. It's about getting curious about why you're busy and why you're doing what you're doing. I suppose because I jumped on board a yacht and uh, in my 20s and did things differently, didn't get that nine-to-five job, hated having my nine-to-five job, mm-hmm. that um, I, don't, I do do things differently. Um, everybody laughs at me, but, I, you know... One of my phrases is, every day is a holiday. Mm. And uh, that's how I see life. It's meant to be lived, not just waiting for those 14 days or whatever it is you have per year of holidays to go and enjoy yourself. Every day should be enjoyment. Mm. Do you think that that busyness and the focus on working do you think that connection can be made to also the accumulation of things when you talk about having your seven and a half kilos on the Camino Trail um, do those two things go together most definitely um, yeah and I, you know when you you think about it logically it makes sense doesn't it you know you have your nine-to-five job you're getting your wage you're paying for your mortgage, you're paying to put your kids through education, you're paying to look the part, your clothes, your car, the, the whole thing. You must mm-hmm. take uh, those holidays we, which we talked about. If you take away all those layers, you don't actually need any of that. Mm-hmm. So you don't need to compete with the Joneses or with society. Mm-hmm. And that in turn is extremely useful because then you're not harming nature in the same way because you're not buying for the sake of buying the new iPhone or the new you know, upgrade of whatever it may be because you don't need it actually, it's not important. Mm-hmm. Do you think that during the pandemic there's been any shift in mindset in that direction or maybe in the other direction, wanting to accumulate more things? It's really strange, isn't it? Because I think mm-hmm. we've really got... Uh, we have a, a product in England called Marmite. Mm, and the it. phrase with the Marmite is you either love it or hate it. 
Um, and you know, I think there's a really is becoming a division between people who cannot wait to go back to normality as they see it, to go back yeah. to where life was before the pandemic. And there's people who've gone, you know, thank goodness for the pandemic. I had to stop. I had to think. And now I don't want to go back to the old ways. Mm. Um, so I think there's definitely becoming a divide between two sides of mm -hmm. those who can't wait to get back into the process of, of living our modern day life. And those who are going, do you know what? We can do this much better. We can find a different way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been asking just people in my life recently about um, do they feel apprehensive that our vaccine schedule is now sped up? Do they have any feeling around boy, I'm going to have to return to how, potentially, how I was before. Yeah, it's it's fascinating. I think the thing we lost and, and has been taken away from us uh, through our lifestyle and we live, our education system particularly, is the thought of getting curious, of being that black sheep of the family and going, hang on a minute, why do I have to do it that way? Mm. Who says? that I have mm -hmm. to behave in this way. It doesn't sit well with me. Is there not something else I can do? And when mm -hmm. you think about the Western lifestyle that we've had, at the end of it, what do we really achieve from it? We achieve dis-ease. We are not well individuals mm -hmm. because of it, which doesn't make sense. It's completely, you know, but you have to, you, you will have to sit and listen to yourself and listen to your heart and go, what is it that I want to achieve in my life? Mm -hmm. I, I look at people who are constantly saying, you know, I earned 10,000 this week in dollars in sales and, and you don't need that if you know what your enough is. Mm. You can define it in a completely different way. And mm -hmm. the humility of walking the Camino with just your seven kilos, I can understand why the Buddhist monk has his, has his robe and a bowl and nothing else and is completely happy and at one with the planet. Mm -hmm. Just the irony of how simple that is yeah, and how so we simple. miss it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very big, very big. So is that what you mean when you use the term um, sensibly selfish? So women as well, you know, we, we're so good at putting everybody else for, before ourselves. It's innate in us anyway, you know, as mothers particularly. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we service and serve other people before we look after ourselves. Mm -hmm. But when you do it that way around, it's actually the wrong way around. You know, and I learned this, you know, through my life as well. You become stressed and, and, and well and not the person you really want to be, people want to be around. Mm -hmm. madness really isn't it if so if you look after yourself first so your cup is overflowing then you you can be and that energy will come out in the people around you so that they then take from the cup but they take the good energy so then they become much more happier and content in themselves mm -hmm. rather than you being completely empty constantly and trying to give more because all you're giving then is, is negative thoughts and feelings and energy, which doesn't serve anybody. Absolutely. 
So is this, I, you know, again, reading through some of your writing, is this what you mean uh, when you talk about not focusing on one area of your life, that maybe you find one thing that's not working? And what I read in your, in your work was that, you know, as women, sometimes we can just focus on this one thing, a financial problem or a family problem. Yeah. Tell me more about that. So again, it comes back to the way our society is set up in many respects. You know, if we have an, an illness or we have a problem, we go to a medical doctor and they will diagnose that issue and will give us a prescription and out we walk. And that maybe takes two, five, ten minutes. Mm -hmm. But there's no time for that, per that doctor to really look at you as a whole and go, Perhaps your headache has got nothing to do with your head. Maybe it's something to do with your back. Mm -hmm. And why is your back misaligned? Is it because you're under stress? Or is it because you're doing something like sitting every day? It's the same principle, really. We are holistic beings. So what's the point in just looking at one area? We really need to look at all areas and I, I call it the life table and the reason why I use the analogy of a table is if you can imagine an old-fashioned um, farmhouse sturdy wooden table with four legs mm -hmm. you can put anything you like on that table good or bad but the table will stand mm -hmm. we can also be that table providing we look at the four areas and the tabletop, so the four legs and, and the tabletop. When you've got them all balanced and they're not wobbly, no matter what life throws at you, you, you will be, you'll be able to cope and you'll be able to survive. Mm -hmm. So that um, analogy of the table, I guess my question to you would be, what is the leg that most women are missing? It's not so much that they're missing, it's probably that yeah. it's wobbly. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it depends on you. We're all you, unique mm -hmm. and individual and different. So I wouldn't say there's one that stands out more than the others. Mm -hmm. So the table legs that I, I work with are health, mm -hmm. connection, knowledge, and financial flow. Mm -hmm. And you can imagine health's a big one. Um, and mm -hmm. that can be literally sitting with a person and questioning them about what's going on in, in their lives. Are they eating well? Are they sleeping well? Are they exercising? Um, you know, are they dealing with relationships that are, you know, causing them pain or grief? Um, but it's a matter of, it's like having an onion, you really need to peel off the layers and, let, and talk to them individually to find out where they are with their health. Mm -hmm. When you've got that table leg awareness, then they can go off and do the work they need, whether it's drinking more water or changing their sleep habits or improving their exercise. That will strengthen that leg. Mm -hmm. Connection's a big one, and I... I quite often wish I had a camera when I say this to people because I'd have a lovely gal gallery of really strange looking faces. So we, we think of, you know, when we think of people that we have in our circle of influence, we'll probably be able to name five or ten people. And, mm -hmm. and I say to them, that's great, but 
if everybody's having issues like you are, five or ten people is really not enough for you to be able to reach out to somebody who may be able to help you. Mm. Your circle of influence needs to be bigger, around 30 people. And so when I use the word 30, just like your eyebrows went up then, people go, wow, how many? Um, and that's just so that, for example, if your business went down, who would you approach to say, um, you know, my, my business has gone bankrupt, I need some help to sort this out, or can you put me in touch with someone who can give me another job, or, you know, can help me restart, have you got somebody who could be a client of mine, whatever it may be. You, you may want somebody to support you. You may need a bed to stay on. And, and then if they've got problems with their parents or their kids or their own issues, then it's going to be a no. Mm. So you've got to have a big enough um, circle of influence to be able to reach out to them and say, I need help with this. And also for them to be able to reach back if they need help, um, you know, it's a reciprocation. So once you've worked on your connections and making sure those connections are, are strong, good people, that's the other thing, mm. not to be people who are constantly taking from you, then, then that, that leg becomes sturdy. Um, the third leg, financial flow, it's um, twofold. You know, it's knowing you're enough, mm. knowing how much you need to survive on. And um, quite often women are not, really in charge of this not not all but particularly if they're in a in a couple's relationship it tends to be the men who look after the finances so knowing what you need knowing you're enough and then also your charity side so part of that financial flow is giving back to community uh, which when you give back to community you feel whole in yourself which comes to be part of the tabletop as well so, so that leg, once you've got that information in front of you, becomes important and, and becomes, that leg becomes stable again. And the, the last final leg is, connect, um, is knowledge. And especially at our age, you know, we've, we've learned so much. A lot of it we won't have uh, a certificate for. Mm-hmm. If you don't do the audit and sit down and go, you know, what do I know? What would I like to know more about? And what do I definitely don't want to learn about? You're wasting space and time. And also, you're not, you know, you could be helping um, find a new career, um, go do charity work, whatever it may be that you want to do at that stage in your life. But if you don't do that audit first to know where you are, what you want to learn, and what you definitely don't want to learn, what you can pass on to someone else, then uh, you may be missing a really deep skill set that you're very very good at that you haven't really thought about and that can you know help younger people or can help your community so it's important to do that and then we have this massive great big wooden top on the top Uh, and this is big because it's the big part of our lives it's to know ourselves to know myself warts and all you know, what am I good at? What am I not good at? What, I, what do I like doing? What are my skill sets? What are my passions, my values, my beliefs? And uh, once you've sort of gone through all that, then no matter what is thrown at you, you've already got the, the stability below you to be able to cope and move forward. So it's a process. It takes time to do that. 
I love that. I love that combination of things to consider. Um, two things stand out for me there. Um, connection is something that I don't think a lot of people realize the impact on your health of having good human connection in your life. I always go back to that wonderful Harvard study of human development where they, you know, followed people over the course of a lifetime. It's one of the biggest studies of human health. And um, that they found that surprisingly that the thing that impacted health the most was having connected relationships, more so than anything else. And choosing your relationships wisely. Mm. It's okay to have relationships, but if they're negative people constantly in your life who pull you down, who don't support you, then the connection is not a good one and and it definitely needs to be reciprocal you have to you have to want to help them and they have Mm -hmm. to want to help you and you know you can you can take time to to make those um what's been fascinating about the you know the process of the internet and particularly with covid is that you can reach out to anybody in the world you know i've just just been talking before this to a lady in canada i have never met and yet Mm -hmm. i feel as if i've known her for, for a long time of another lady in Panama, another lady in Argentina, another lady in New Zealand. These become important people in your life. Um, and in today's world, we, we are definitely connecting in a different way. Mm-hmm. And, um, but it's doing it, it's making the effort to go out because people won't come to you, you need to go to them mm. uh, to start with. So yeah, important, very important. What was the other thing that stood out for you? I think that idea of knowledge is so interesting because, you know, the term that comes up over and over, and I'm sure you hear it in your work, is this idea of imposter syndrome, that women will, even if they're very well qualified, um, they have lots of certifications, they say, I feel like an imposter when I'm in the room. I wonder if anybody's going to figure out that I'm not meant to be there. And I love the idea that you said, take an inventory of all of your knowledge, not ones that are necessary or not knowledge that's necessarily, you know, validated by a certificate, but everything. I think that's amazing. I just wonder in your work, do you find that, that women will say, you know, but I don't, do they have that kind of imposter feeling? Not all women. And there will be, there will be ones who are quite you know, quite confident, but it's still not made a realization that they've got some skills there mm. and that can become important later in life. I always think of, you know, the way we have our computers with all the different, um, you know, um, types of, what do you call it now? I've, I've lost the word. Here we go. My thread's gone. You know, we've got all the different types of italics and different writing mm. styles we can have. You know, we wouldn't have had that if somebody hadn't have, you know, been involved in a course in, in calligraphy at some point. Mm. And we do this, you know, we, you know, maybe you've got a passion for cooking. You know, cooking then leads you to other skills because you can be organized, you know, you can, you can work out numbers and it goes on and on. Um, but until you sit there and, and really sit down and, you know, what do I love doing? What am I good at? Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm a great organiser, but I wouldn't have put that on a, on a CV anywhere. It's just something that I do naturally. Mm-hmm. And it's not until somebody says to you, but you organise really well that you realise 
that actually it's a really good skill to have. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, taking an inventory is really good, and and, and I, I love the part about what don't you like to do because a lot of, a lot of women, particularly if they're running their own business, you know they they're doing stuff that they don't like doing. When if they gave it to somebody else to do, mm-hmm. then it frees them up to do the things they love doing. But you, unless you do that audit, you wouldn't know. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So help me to understand the work that you're doing then as a midlife strategist. So I've heard the the tabletop and it sounds like that's such an amazing audit to do. But tell me maybe more about the process of your work. So for me, again, it comes down to simplicity. Um, We're all unique individual people. And for me, the most important thing is to give space. So Mm -hmm. for the person to know that the work we do together is in a sacred space and I'll hold that for you so that you can find the answers that you need. And I think that makes it very simple. We, you know, we can go through the, the table of life audit so that you can see where you are. You've got to do the work. I can only be there to support you doing the work. And I think that becomes important, which is what we went, we started with right at the beginning, you know, about the fact that we're all busy doing but we're human beings mm-hmm. and this is a big you know wake-up call that we need time to be and it's in that space where the magic happens so for me it's just about I, I don't run um, programs and the reason why I don't run a program is because I feel that we do get some benefit from a program but because we're all unique and individual you'll only get a percentage of benefit from doing you know a program with 20 other people but there'll be something of you comes out of it going but I'm missing something so it's about holding space for you as an individual and and celebrating that uniqueness so that you can find your own way forward I think that's you know really key Mm -hmm. Um, and that's why I call myself a midlife strategist not a coach Mm -hmm. there's so many coaches out there um, Nobody needs fixing. Uh, we're not fixers, you know. They, a person is able to fix themselves. It's about you holding space, challenging them definitely to think of things differently, but it's not to do the work for them. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's key for me, if that makes sense. Absolutely. So maybe you could just give our listeners three takeaways something that you would you would think are the top three things to think about as a woman over 50 if you're trying to simplify your life so the first one comes from my experience on the Camino and Mm. that it's to have a step-by-step process so when you walk the Camino you know that Santiago de Compostela is 729 kilometers away that's the big picture But the little picture is getting out of bed every morning, putting your walking boots on, putting your backpack on your back and setting off. Okay, you have to find a a yellow arrow along the way to guide you. But that's all you need to know. You don't need to know where you're going to sit and drink a coffee, who you're going to be walking with that day, where you're going to sleep that night. It's irrelevant. The big picture is way down the line. And to get there, you have to take those step-by-step processes every day. So that's mm-hmm. the first one. 
have a big picture, but work on your step-by-steps. Um, and then it becomes simple. Mm-hmm. And I think my second takeaway is, if it sounds complicated, it probably is. So you have two choices. Pare it down so that it's no longer complicated, so you can come back to that step-by-step process. If you find yourself you can't do that, then put it in the bin because it's not, not relevant. If it's complicated, find a way of making it uncomplicated. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I used to have a saying where I used to think of a, a big wall behind me. And in my youth, I would have definitely found a way to climb over it, kicked it with my boots on, dug a hole underneath, got some dynamite and blown it up, whatever it would have been. Mm-hmm. Now what I prefer to do is sit with my back to the wall and wait and contemplate until it disappears on its own accord and quite often it will do and that comes to having that space again. Wow. And the third one, I suppose, the third takeaway is really, you know, what we've been talking about, the table of life. When your table is strong, no matter what life, is, life throws at you, you can cope. So really work on that table, work on your four legs and knowing yourself intimately, your tabletop, and then you can, you can cope. You'll you'll have a wonderful life. Amazing. So this has been so great to talk to you today. Where, where could we find out more about your work? So you can find me on social media under Kay Newton and my website, knewton.com. So yeah, come and come and say hi. Fantastic. So um, we'll make sure that all of the information is in the show notes for the podcast today. So listeners can go and just link from those notes. And thank you so much for joining me today. This has just been so fantastic. And you've inspired me. It's a pleasure. It's gone very, very quick. But thank you so much for having me. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye.